pause. Stop. Let's take a step back. Hello, beloveds. This week is a bonus episode before we continue on with our exploration of St. Ignatius and Ignatian spirituality. Why pause? Why now? Well, for many of you, for students, this might be the last week of class or the beginning of finals week or finals are coming up. And as these exams are beginning, it's a time of stress and anxiety. And there's also a lot of questions still in the air of will fall semester be residential or will it be more distance? For many of us, spring is giving way to summer and with summer plans being canceled left and right, there's this potential for shelter in place going on through July or possibly August and everything is up in the air and the only surety is uncertainty. For those of you who are graduating, you're entering instability as you're just beginning your careers. Perhaps even some of those opportunities are slipping away. And as someone who graduated into the Great Recession, I know all about that. Um, careers and jobs were, were hard to come by in those times. If everything else is spinning out of control, maybe we need to pause. Why not stop? Attend to your soul and tap into the source of peace, the Prince of Peace, the Word, the Incarnate One, Jesus, the love and lover of your soul. I also realized that we jumped right in. We just started talking about mystics and we started talking about these spiritual practices. And I haven't really talked about why. Each week we've we've learned about a mystic, we've read scripture, we've practiced some embodied spirituality through prayerful contemplation, but I haven't really talked about why. And perhaps maybe you've been doing these things and maybe they're not working and that's okay. I didn't learn how to play guitar after one lesson. It, it took years, but if it feels weird to meditate and sit you might be wondering, like, what's the point of all this? Maybe I'm not doing something right. I think it's time to pause and say, you're not doing something insignificant. This isn't woo-woo or, or new agey. This is actually ancient. In those first episodes, I talked about what a mystical, <clears throat> excuse me, what a mystical experience is. And we talked about who these mystics were and are, but I haven't really talked about why. It's doing three things, really. But before we get there, I want you to think about this. Think about your, your car or a car. It needs energy. It needs air. It needs tune-ups. And it needs someone or something outside of itself to help make it go. It might even need AAA. For me, mystics, living mystics, mentors, people close to Jesus who just emanate his presence are the triple A for my life that sees me for who I am. It's that spiritual tune-up that I need of someone calling me back to the center. And for me, um, these people, they know something about the love of God because they've been there and they chose and choose to stay there 
They are illumined by a deep intimacy with Christ. They are hope dealers. They are peace pushers. They are centered love caller outers. <laughs> and they call us back to the center of attending to the source of all love. So these three things, and to go with this AAA metaphor, they, they all start with A. The first is attention. Attention. This is a paradigmatic shift in our thinking. So mystics who know something are saying, hey, stop, pause, wake up, notice. In Acts 17, Paul does something very similar. He's talking to um, the people of Athens, Greece, and he says, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Paul is calling us to pay attention, to wake up. Modern and living mystic Cynthia Bourgeau, who teaches for the Center for Action and Contemplation and is an Episcopal priest and spiritual guru, um, wrote this book um, on centering prayer. And she calls um, this first level of, of what I'm calling attention, she calls ordinary awareness. And this first stage is kind of like the outermost circle of these three concentric circles. And this outermost sphere is ordinary awareness. So sometimes secular meditation, uh, breathing exercises, yoga, I think would fall in this category. Um, they're fine for self-awakening. They're uh, awareness, attentiveness to our surroundings and to our own bodies. Um, think about like doing a body scan before you go to sleep or yoga and noticing how each muscle, um, the shape of your body feels in different positions. But rarely will this move us into a kind of second level of spiritual awareness. The mind that's peppered with memory and reflexive thinking and critical thinking, it's marked by I statements and egoic thinking, which it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it keeps us in that outer awareness circle. And it's always good to learn more about ourselves and have self-awakening because there's this human moral imperative that we find when we enter that first level of attentiveness, of seeing things that we might not have seen before, like seeing poverty that exists around us or seeing systemic racism that we might be able to do something about. It's a human 
moral imperative of, of lessening suffering, of lessening suffering within ourselves and seeing it around us and moving to change it. Faith and, and mysticism and the mystics call us back to the cross in this level and says, this cross permeates all completely, especially pain and suffering. And the cross becomes our teacher. It becomes our place of hope. And at this level, we attend to ourselves. And the deeper we go, we find our true selves, which at our core is belovedness, being completely and utterly loved by love itself. Okay, so the second A is attunement. Attunement. So um, a great passage that I think highlights this notion of attunement is Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That last piece of hidden with Christ in God, that all around us things are hidden in Christ that everyone we meet, that even ourselves, that we are hidden with Christ. The second level of attunement is becoming more in tune with that nature of being, of all things being hidden in Christ. Cynthia Bourgeau calls this, this second level and this second concentric circle moving inward is spiritual awareness. She says this is marked by spiritual um, or mystical experiences, even those inexplicable moments of being swept up by a sunset or music or liturgy or taking communion. And this can be a way of being, not just experiences, because once we have that little glimpse, we're invited to stay there. And ordinary awareness kind of splits the world into subject and object. But spiritual awareness perceives this innate sense of belonging to all of those things. And we and others that call us to this awareness, they've had these glimpses of the divine, this piercing of the veil, and these rendezvous that they've had with God. They beckon us to to stay there, to search for it, to seek it. So that when suffering happens, when we feel out of sorts, that we can remember that that particular sunset or that music that we heard or that person who called us into something deeper or that experience of taking communion. And it's a beginning to see things as panentheistic, of panentheism, of God in all things. Now, note This word sounds a lot like another word, pantheism, which means everything is God. That's blasphemy. Um, We're talking about panentheism of God in all things, not God being, not all things being God, but God in all things. That if Christ created all there is, if the word was there at the beginning and spoke everything into creation, then there's these traces of the holy. There's a sacredness of all things and in all things that we might be attuned to. And the third level, and this third A, 
is awakening, awakening. This is a, a dwelling with God of staying in that place. And Ephesians 3, I think, is, is the goal of this movement, this inner movement of awakening. And it says, um, Ephesians three sixteen through 19 says, I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you might have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Did you catch that? Paul is praying to the church in Ephesus. He's saying, I pray that you might have the power to comprehend, that is to contemplate. And he says, with all the saints. So with mystics, with people who know something about that love, what is that love that is boundless, that is reaches beyond the universe, that is immeasurable, and that you might be able to be there, be filled by it, and know it in your innermost being. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. And it's so hard to stay there. Cynthia Bourgeau um, calls this this third level and this goal, um, this innermost part of divine awareness. It's noting that we are not God, that in our innermost being, God is and lives and dwells, and we become this dwelling place for God. But if we are hidden with Christ in God, then there exists in our innermost being this divine indwelling. Um, as Jesus says in John, he says, abide in me and I in you. If we were created in the image of God, then our divine awareness, as Thomas Keating calls it, is our personal big bang. And this, this place is the source of our being. And if Christ is the source of life, then our true self and our true identity is the beloved who lives at our center. So how do we get there? Well, if prayer is downloading kind of all of the cognitive aware stuff that is on our brains, giving it to God and unburdening ourselves, then centering prayer is listening back, which is to say that really this is about relationship. Pure and simple, um, if, if your relationship with your best friend is one way. If you just constantly download everything that's wrong in your life to them and never pause to stop and listen back for what they might have to say, then it's not really much of a relationship because there's give and take. And so contemplative prayer is this opportunity to listen back for the voice of God. So how do we listen back? There's this great story that Thomas Keating, who's kind of the father of modern contemplative prayer, he tells, he has this monk come up to him and says, I'm such a failure at this prayer. Oftentimes I have 10,000 bad thoughts while I'm praying. Thomas Keating just looks at him and says, 
Oh, how lovely. 10,000 opportunities to return to God. Do not think that you are wasting your time with listening to God, of sitting in silence, of returning to a word or a phrase, sitting in silence. Do not think that you are being idle because as William Menninger says, you are resting in loving contemplation of God. It is at these times that you are being most faithful to what you are and what you are called to be, a lover in union with the beloved. So we're going to practice that. If you're stuck, if your mind is racing, if you're bogged down in anxiety, if you're drowning under the weight of exams or the uncertainty that is coming, perhaps it's time to place some sticks in the hamster wheel of your mind and it's time for some practice. So we're, what we're going to do is do two minutes and I'm going to ring a bell at the beginning and at the end and then we'll say the doxology together. But I would invite you to pause um, in between. After the bell is done ringing, after the last little bit of it rings out, pause this podcast and spend 5, 10, 15 minutes. Turn Do Not Disturb on on your phone. <laughs> and perhaps try this, that often God is referred to in the Old Testament especially, not by a name but by an attribute. For instance, I am slow to anger, bounding in steadfast love, or God is mercy or grace. And so I would invite you for this prayer time, for this time of contemplation, that timing with your breath, if you've picked a, uh, a word already and you use that, great, use that. But I would invite you to try this one because I think that we might especially need it right now. And if again you are you are feeling one of those emotions that I said because of this time of year or because of your situation, then this might be especially helpful because you might just need some loving kindness in your life. As you breathe with the in-breath, say the words I love you in your mind. With your exhale, say I love you. And imagine that this is Jesus saying, I love you to God Almighty, and the Almighty saying back, I love you to Jesus. Or if you're willing to take the risk, or more intimately, say, I love you to Jesus. And then with the exhale, say, I love you again, as Jesus saying back to you, I love you. And lastly, as you sit, as you find a comfortable spot, Cynthia Bourgeau has, we've already talked about the three A's, she has four R's of resist no thought, retain no thought, react to no thought, and return to your sacredness, to your sacred word or phrase. So resist no thought, retain no thought, react to no thought, and return to your sacred word. As these thoughts come along, just return. Don't react to them as they come along. You notice them, you say thanks, and you move on, and you return to your breath and to, I love you. I love you.
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.